Welcome to episode 27 of the Yuri Brito podcast. And that was my very sweet oldest son, Ezekiel Brito. So in this episode, I want to talk about why I am a post-millennialist. It's not how I introduce myself in public, but it's a titanic part of who I am and what I believe. For many people, their scatological view is just a matter of exegesis with little personal or corporate repercussion. But for me, and for many others in my tribe, post-millennialism impacts everything we do. It was in my early college days that I came across the work of Marcellus Kick, and later to my shock, I had the joy of sitting under his son's teaching, who died shortly after that class. He told me some wonderful stories about his father and his post-millennial convictions. In some ways, I've always been surrounded by post-millennial thinkers, but it was much later until I actually discovered what that was. For instance, in college, I began reading Gary North in economics and didn't make the connection between post-mill and his views until much later. Then came that remarkable evening. Well, there I was at the guard shack listening to a lecture by Kenneth Gentry at Ligonier Ministries Conference in 1999. And around 1 o'clock in the morning, I was overtaken by amazement at what I was hearing. In short, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, that is, touches on the events occurring in AD 70. And don't have to do with things that are going to happen in the future, but they speak of things that are about to shortly come to pass in the lifetime of the first century listeners. And suddenly, little by little, all the puzzle pieces were coming together. Later on, I had a chance to meet Gary DeMar and spend some time with him. He also gave a boost to justify my theological suspicions. R.C. Sproul, the great Reformed theologian, later came out with a book in the last days, according to Jesus. And then I ended up with one of the premier post-mill theologians in the last 100 years. I actually worked with him by the name of James B. Jordan. Jim Jordan challenged the cut-and-dry methods of interpretation, opened up the Bible in entirely new ways. To this day, his book, Through New Eyes, remains a masterpiece and has altered in profound ways the way I look at the Bible. Then I had the chance to study under Keith Matheson for an entire semester. He wrote a book on post-millennial eschatology, which was beautiful and articulated in very clear and pristine ways. The theology, the exegesis, the history, post-millennial thought. But back to why I'm post-mill. I've been surrounded by these amazing post-mill teachers, many of whom I've actually had the privilege of working with and I've met, spent time with. In some ways, I was born to be post-millennial. So let me tell you why I find post-millennialism so compelling. The first reason I'm post-mill is because of the hope it offers. Whether you affirm or not post-millennialism, everyone wants to believe it's true. Who wouldn't want to believe it in eschatology that says that Jesus wins in history? Now, we're not talking here about if Jesus wins in, in the new heavens and new earth and after the last day, after the last moment of earthly history. We all agree on that. Pre, ah, post-mill agree on that premise. But I'm talking about the hope that Jesus actually wins the nations in time and in history. And that is a theological distinctive that only finds its roots in post-millennial thought. The second reason I am post-mill is that it affords me the luxury of talking about Jesus in really big categories. I don't have to talk about like the old dispensationalists used to, to speak of Jesus' kingship as a future kingship. I can talk about the reality of Jesus' reign now. Jesus is ruler, he is emperor, he is savior, he is lord, he is conqueror, he is a supreme king. If history falls under Jesus, I can refer to him with the magnanimous titles that the Bible affords without fear. The third reason I am post-millennial is that it allows me to take passages like John 3.16 as literally as possible. We've all heard that text, haven't we? How does it go, Ezekiel? 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's right, a very familiar text. Yes, God loves the world, which is why he is literally going to save the world and remake it. I don't need to add caveats. I don't need to add little exegetical tricks. I can take John 3.16 at its word and follow the exact interpretation of faithful men like B.B. Warfield. The fourth reason why I'm post-millennial is that post-millennialists, by and large, enjoy life a whole lot more. Isn't that right, son? Yes, sir. We believe Jesus owns everything, which means that everything belongs to us and what is not yet ours shall be. So as post-millennial Christians, we can eat and drink with gusto. The entire created order belongs to King Jesus. We can enjoy him in his triumph and enjoy his creation. We can be satisfied in all the good gifts he has given us abundantly. The final reason of many other reasons I could give that I'm post-millennial, and this is something I really enjoy talking about, is that some of the greatest hymns were composed by post-millennial thinkers and writers and composers. Think of Isaac Watts' favorite song, Joy to the World. The Lord is come, let earth receive her king, filled with optimistic post-millennial lyrics. Ernest Shirtloff, lead on, O King Eternal. Or the lesser known, but real beautiful, Ernest Nichols song, We've a story to tell to the nations. A very powerful and optimistic view of the future of history. Post-millennial composers can exalt the glories of Jesus in the transformation of the world through the gospel, and that makes their music jubilant and Christ-honoring. So that's it for now. That's at least a few reasons why I'm post-millennial and have found the competing systems to offer me so little in comparison. So I've never seen any reason biblically, theologically, or even experientially to change. So for us here at Yuri Brito Podcast, hope you have a happy post-millennial day. Mighty cheers. We'll see you next time.